Y is proud to be sponsored by Is This Tomorrow? Is This Tomorrow is a weekly webcomic cataloging the absurdities taking place at the Zorro News Channel and produced by Woody Compton and Kelly Shane. Is This Tomorrow is available at isthistomorrow.com. That's isthistomorrow.com. That record got me high, and Is This Tomorrow present KISS in an interview from 1977. How did you get the name KISS? Well, we were looking for a name that would be really accessible, the kind of name that would almost sound familiar to people. And we wanted a name that wouldn't limit us to just the United States. No matter where you go in the world, people are familiar with the word KISS. And it's got a lot of different connotations. It's a, the first step in foreplay. It's also like the kiss of death. It's got a it's kind of multifaceted. It can be heavy. It can be very sweet. How far is KISS going? This is probably going to go as far as people are going to let us go. It's a really hard question to answer. We're going to do as much as we can do and as much as people are going to let us do. And the only reason we're up there on stage in the first place is that we're trying to entertain people. Okay, so, um, right, yeah, all right. Check, check. Yeah, one, how, you got phones on? Hey, they working I got for you? On. Yeah. yeah. Those are the phones that have cephalus, but we clean them off real good. <laughs> I tasted it. I, I, I recognize Don't, the taste. Except, <laughs> the phones that have, have syphilis. syphilis. With a little touch of crap. That's, that's going to be the, ne- the name of our next podcast. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Always a pleasure. Always a yes. pleasure. Here, that record got me high. Something, something. Yes. Stories to take home to tell your kids. All right. It's show business. <laughs> we got to start. It's over. all right. No, it's better because Chris is going to put the mic out there. To hear okay. The cheering. Yeah, yeah, the cheering. Hold on. I know. I did it. All right. Tell me. I didn't we're see rolling. any cheering. We're rolling. It just. I forgot to save the file, and when uh-huh. I did, it stopped. All right. Welcome everyone to another episode of That Record Got Me High. Once again. We are live at Laser Wolf, and this is our one-year anniversary of doing live at Laser Wolf. So let's hear it, everyone, for Laser Wolf. Celebración en un año completo. We got a nice crowd here, and we got Mr. Chris Bellis, who, for the one-year anniversary, we gave Chris a mic. So how you doing, Chris? Good. Thanks for uh, letting me talk again. Did we? We yeah, gave we him did. a mic? Well, I brought my own. <laughs> we did. Okay. Um, so, Chris, uh, this is Laser Wolf in Fort Lauderdale, and you also with your brother Jordan, who we don't talk about much because, you know, who cares about Jordan? Uh, you I guys care about got Jordan. I invasive, think about Jordan all the time. All uh, right. Invasive Species Brewery. Not really. And uh, tell us a little bit about you guys. Oh, yeah. Well, so, yeah, Laser Wolf, we've been here for eight years. Invasive Species, just two now. Um, yeah, we're just local you, dudes. You guys are killing Selling it. beer. And selling beer and Booking kicking bands ass occasionally. And, that's and right, taking names. Having a good time, man. All right, Barry, I'm, I'm excited about this episode. I'm excited, too. You didn't introduce me. <laughs> I did. The first, oh, wait, that, that's Barry's stock? That's Rob Elba. <laughs> God. It's because I'm so excited, Barry. And it's because you're so The main excited. reason I'm excited is because of our special guest, who is... Introduce yourself. Hello, everybody. This is Juan Montoya coming to you from Miami, Atlanta, Yes. USA. Mr. Juan Montoya, ladies and gentlemen. Guitarist par excellence. Uh, he's been in, Ed, and let me just name some of Juan's band. Don't Ed, name them, they all stink. Ed Medusa's <laughs> Struggle. No, no, he's they played don't. in Cavity, Torch, Monstro, 
Stallone, uh, Killer Be Killed. One of the, well, a couple years ago, I went, I saw a video, all of a sudden a video of this band playing at this oh, yeah, festival right. in Australia, right. and it's Wands on the stage with yeah, these yeah. metal right. guys. Yep, well, that <laughs> was the Killer Mastodon guy, right? Yeah, the Mastodon guy. Yeah, a band called Killer Be Killed. We were Killer playing yeah. at 2 p.m., and it's like 106 Ooh. degrees. Yeah. You were killing it, With though. the sun blaring Kelvin. down our faces, it was yeah. the best heat stroke I ever had in my life. All right, yeah. but Mr. Juan Montoya is also an artist. He is a renowned artist. Yep. Yeah, you've done album covers. I was going to wear um, a shirt with his artwork on it tonight, but it was too tight. Sorry. Ooh. <laughs> It was That's one of those. Problem. It was That's one of those ones yeah. that's not the size. Oh, I see one out there. I did there one for Blowfly. Bill <laughs> Bill oh, nice. A Blowfly okay. shirt. So he does commissions. He's on. Uh, you can find him on Instagram at at Montoya Black Magic. Right, Juan. That's right. Yes. That's the best place to find you, right? Yeah. You've got like forty. He's got over forty thousand followers on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, Montoya Black Magic. So uh, he's the real deal. But we do too. If you use some a multiplier. I'm here for the <laughs> Like of like a thousand. All right, but one, the reason you're here, not just because you're an awesome guy and I've known you forever and I love you, but because you are probably one of the biggest KISS fans that I know, and we are talking about KISS Destroyer. Yes, KISS Destroyer. <laughs> so KISS has been with me since I was seven years old. You don't old, have to man. look at him. Seven years old. He doesn't old. care. Since you were seven. Seven years wow. old. Wow. Okay. All so right. you're cool. So Juan's younger than us. So what... And the weird thing... Now, I know you've told me this before, but tell our audience, you actually got into Kiss when they had already taken their makeup off, didn't you? No, no. I, I got, got, I got into it, Kiss. I thought you told me Lick It Up was the first thing you heard by them. The first, the first time I ever saw Kiss, I was with my mom in Caracas, Venezuela. Oh. And we walked by a record store, and it's crazy. I don't even remember, like, two days ago, but I remember this poster, this Kiss poster. Right. Of them and, uh, from a 1977 photo shoot. Oh, okay, okay. And I, I was, you know, four-year-old. I was like... <laughs> you remember that at four I remember old? it. Oh, I that's remember. awesome. And I was like, because they look like from outer space. I'm yeah. like, what is that? Right. right. You know? Okay, so you became a fan of the image and the, these guys, what well, they Well, like. it wasn't a fan. It was just like I was freaked out by it. Right. Okay, you were freaked out. But it, but it made an impression on you. It made an impression. And then when I arrived in the United States... Did your mom say, don't look at that. That's demonic. Of course. <laughs> she, she didn't know, man. She okay. didn't know what All right. demonic. Okay. But we got to the United States and my mom had a friend that had a 16-year-old son. And by that time... It was already, he was already, like, this is 79, so he was already out of KISS. I think most of the cool kids were already out of KISS, because right that's now. when they went disco. So I was uh, like, he's like... Yes. The and cool I, kids went disco. And, I, and, and he let me look through his records. I'm like, because I didn't have records when I was a kid. Right. So I, I looked through them, and I remember seeing Ted Nugent with his, with his arms for guitars. Right, right, right. And, uh, and I saw uh, Heaven and Hell from Black Sabbath. And then okay. I saw the Kiss records. And then, it, you know, I, I made the it, connection it there. You made the connection. Clicked. And I was like, wow, these covers are awesome. It was like the Ken Kelly uh, drawn, you know, painted right. now, Love Ken, Gun uh, so and Ken, Destroyer. Right. Ken Kelly did Destroy and Love Gun. And I feel like, do you, uh, I feel like his art is, is an influence on you. Was it an influence on your art? Well, well he's, uh, his uncle's Frank Rosetta, who did all those Molly Hatchet oh. album covers. And oh, he did. Okay. He did all the Conan the Barbarian Right, uh, that covers, was the Conan the cover guy, yes. And he's the one that developed the whole imagery. Before, Conan was kind of like a, like a Roman. Right. right. Like Roman sandals or something like <laughs> right. that. Then he turned it in for like a giant like sword and long hair. And okay, right. okay. And a cool 70s look. So all of that was kind of an influence on you and your art, though, right? Yes, it is. definitely. Okay, definitely. it was. 
All right, so, and Barry, so you were a big Kiss fan, I right? was, yes. I know, me too. I got a, I don't remember exactly how, obviously, um, you know, it was 1976, and I must have, I, no, I know how I got into it. I had a, my friend Taylor Webb, we would, me and my friend uh, Tobin would go over to his house on the weekends and hang out, and he had, Taylor had, had older parents, and they would buy him pretty much anything he wanted, so he had Kiss Destroyer, and we were, you know, we were blown away as uh, 12-year-olds by that record. Um, and so I went and bought it at the mall and um, then just was entranced by the imagery and it, just the same way. Juan has a, had this this book in his house. When we were we rehearsing for this little thing that we're going to do, he had this book in his house, uh, the tour of, a, like a tour book for Kiss. It's from the, that, the 1976 Destroyer tour, tour book. book. Uh, and signed by Gene Simmons. Yeah, signed by Gene Simmons. <laughs> Right. And People are going to break into your house now and try and steal that one. Yeah. We shouldn't have, um, we shouldn't have said Gene's name because we're now we're going to have to pay somebody royalties. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, the, and he opened it up to this back page where it had all the albums, and it gave me the same feeling I had as a 12-year-old looking at those album covers as, um, I, as I did, you know, back then. Right, It's right. this mystique and this thing, and they had a certain um, presentation that was Irresistible to teenage to boys. To teenage boys, yeah. How many teen? Raise your hand. How many teenage boys that are of a certain age were into Kiss? Back okay, in the George. Day? Well, yeah, well, I know. Okay, yeah. Uh, all right. Now, how about you, Chris? You're well. Yeah, I think you're around Juan's. Age. Maybe a little. Yeah, younger a little, than couple years younger. I think. But you, I, I'm, I'm sure you, you kind of missed Kiss. I did a little bit. Right? I, didn't, I never was super into them um, as a kid, but I remember winning. I like, had a carnival. I went to a Catholic school for a few years because my parents made me, and there was a. a oh, mirror. Oh, you didn't mirror? volunteer. Not a mirror. Hey, mom. Not Not a mirror, but like a little keychain or something. It had the Kiss Kiss logo on it. Right. And I didn't even know. I thought it meant like Kiss, like a Kiss up, a Kiss up. Right. And, and, uh, you know, my mom's like, oh, no, you can't have that. You can't have that. It's bad. I'm like, well, am I kissing is bad? And she's like, no, it means kids in service of Satan. Yeah, right. And I was like, then then I looked into it as a little bit older of a kid and and, and heard uh, God gave rock and roll to you. I'm like, this is satanic music? I'm like, I don't think, I think my parents are misinformed. In my, a few years earlier, it was kings in satanic service was the kiss. That was what my church elders claim. Yeah, like, am I missing for. something? This is not very But then it's just, it's just keep it simple, stupid. Yeah, right, right, <laughs> right. All right, so the letter, but the, the letters, the way they originally drew it, they did happen to look similar to the Nazi SS, but uh, Gene, both Gene Simmons yeah, and right. Paul Stanley are true, Jewish. Ironically. So I don't think they yeah. thought that And we looked up their names, too, and uh, Gene's, uh, the, the, he came with his mom from Hungary without yeah, yeah, the dad. Yeah. And he was a real. He was a, he was a Jewy she, Jew. She was a. Uh, <laughs> I'm Jewish. Oh, I can say that by the way. I'm Jewish. I can. She that. was a Holocaust survivor. Right, right. And she was in the the camps. Did they come from Hungary though? Because they're nodding the heads. They're shaking their heads on the audience like I got it wrong. Oh, they the, can't hear them. I can't yeah, hear. We you. have some historians there. Right. Uh, but the anyway, stock family. did you know that the in Germany they had a, they have uh, for the Kiss records they had to print the logo differently with the oh, kind of really? S because it's against the law they that made make an it, SS uh, symbol yeah it right. symbol. so in Germany like and in bolt. Israel just for uh, they did have an alternate S for that um, yeah so me of course I was a huge but I was trying to think why some people like me and Barry uh, fell out of Kiss well I remember exactly because. I started getting love into gun. punk. Well, I started getting into punk rock. I bought rock Love Gun, then. and I was like, eh. 
I this got it is too. not I got good Love anymore. Gun and, but once I started getting Plus into Plus it was rock, bought for me by a pedophile who was trying to, you know, <laughs> to, right, to well, uh, that's groom That's a whole me. different story. Oh my <laughs> Sorry to laugh. That's right, what did I get myself into? In, in Illinois. <laughs> all right, so, but... Quincy, but Illinois. But one, you never had that, because you, you like, I know you like all different kinds of music. You love all different kinds of bands. You're But but you never, you just had this soft spot with Kiss that you still have, right? And you well, love them. Well, the thing is, they were my first favorite band. Right. They gave me so many great memories. Right. You know, I, I, I arrived to the United States. I was fascinated with how big the buildings were. Right. How fast the cars were. Right. And how blonde the women were. Uh, here <laughs> you we go. Sound, here you we go. Like I mean, I've never, I, like I, I was in Colombia. I mean, Sorry. we have blonde people, but we don't have platinum platinum blonde. Right. 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 Well, right. And really it's beautiful. It's, it's like fake. you just wanted to touch the hair. Yeah, they don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Well, okay. Don't, don't touch the hair. So that makes total sense because Kiss, were, their whole thing was they were larger than life. They, they made, were. So that's why, I, yeah. As I was, Especially Gene's tongue. As I was discovering things in my life, Kiss was the soundtrack for it. Yeah, right. all right. But so, you kept it, and you know what? I used to. I, I realized. You know. Did what you have is? a Farrah Fawcett poster too? Because I had the Destroyer poster. Oh, I had the Farrah Fawcett, Fawcett oh, poster. Shit, yeah, I had that. She was next to Heather <laughs> Thomas. Oh from yeah, the Fog okay. Attic, if you guys uh, remember that pink, uh, pink bikini? I believe so. Yes. Yeah, okay. That was a good oh, one. We're going, we're going down. Well, memory well, lane. I mean, <laughs> what do you want? It's so we're talking okay. about Kiss Destroyer. But here's here's my take on it. I realize because I I'll be totally honest. I used to look He's down on totally people. Honest. I used to look down on people like George and like Juan and like Budowski. That still like Budowski, they yeah. still love Kiss. Kiss. But now I realize it's just like if you love like horror movies or something. Like when you get older, you realize horror movies aren't real. It's not real. It's, it's fake. But you just you love them because you love them and you're Santa into Claus them. is real though. Well, Remember they, they, Kiss, we, no, but Kiss. We said something about that in episode. It's kind of the same way with Kiss. You love them. They're 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 sort of telling you they're larger than life. Obviously, right. they're not. It's you know, personas. It's personas. And why why not? I think it's just me and you are asking. Assholes, Barry. Elitist, the elitist yeah. assholes, forget okay. them. But the <laughs> I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's been said about me, right. both in front of and behind my back. Right. Well, let me let me answer that. <laughs> Good. Kiss at one point they were phenomenal from the beginning. Kiss at one point they were phenomenal in the beginning. Yes. They put out records. Uh, their first couple records didn't sound too good, but they no. had this. Wicked em- imagery and the songs were good. Ace yeah. Frilly solos were always spot on. You yes, could always sing true. his solos. I agree. Peter Chris had cool grooves. Uh, all right, <laughs> wait. Let me finish. Let me right, finish. Go ahead, go ahead. And they and on stage they were dark, man. They had that Alice Cooper thing before yeah, before right, Bob Ezrin yeah. got involved. They, they were already Alice Cooper. They were. They, yeah. they were yeah. black leather. Their 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 stage lighting was really low. They had cobwebs or whatever. Right. Candelabra. So it was, so yeah, sure. was kind of like horror movie, like spooky. Yeah. And Gene just looked wicked. I he mean, now now he you did. think of Gene and you see the the reality shows. I mean that that are. You know, yeah. before he was, you didn't know who he was. He was just some wicked. I gotta say, his creature right. on his stage. stage moves improved as the years went on. I saw some footage from '74, and basically his stage move was one stage move where he moved his head back and forth. And right, I was like, right. He needs to. He's gonna in, evolve that. And well, he, he was. They've always been trying to do Beatles type. You know, moves. Oh, uh, they're all Beatles fans. There you go. That's okay, funny. they are all Beatles fans. And the first, you're right. I recently revisited because I, I, used, I had all those early records. I had them. And, and, and the thing is, they're kind of like Metallica. You know, those three first Metallica records. Some people like the fourth one. Those records were all perfect, and you'll love them for the rest of your life. You might, okay. you know, they right. put out horrible things. Kiss has gone through like, you know, 
Things that I'm embarrassed to say okay. They put out You can say It's okay I'm not going to say Harder Than Hell Was a, a perfect record By any means It was really good It was really good I know what you mean though There's good songs on them Yeah some of the production Is bad but alright But we're talking The record we're talking about now Is Destroyer The one came out in 1976 And they had already They had done the live one Which was like Their biggest selling record Yeah before. right Which so, is it's it's not really alive, but it's a great record. It is, I mean, it is. They sweetened it up, obviously. A lot. But yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, the packaging was amazing. It, it was, was a fold out record. Oh, it was, it was I, a two two record. two vinyl. It yeah. had it had personal letters from them. Right. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, okay. And, and, and you know, and, and you know, and it uh, it had they had cool handwriting. Right. You know. Did Gene say something like? Seb, girl, send me your address and uh, tell me when your parents are not going to be home. I'll send a limousine around to pick you up. Have Maybe a great time. Like well, he kind of like that. Have he a very large, like, he long called, tongue. He called his fans his victims, and, and yeah. Paul called them the lovers. So uh, they, yeah. they already had their personas back then early right, on. Yeah. Well, they were, they were excellent PR, Marketer, man, excellent marketing. Marketing. And you know one thing I didn't realize, and the fact a lot of people like to disparage him, they're like one of the biggest selling oh, bands yeah, for sure. ever. Yes. They, they sold more than... Uh, uh, 100 million records worldwide, including yes. 30 gold albums and 14 platinum albums. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so and like, merch, just incredible amounts yeah, of merch. So and licensing, band. there's dolls, there's, you know, stuff. <laughs> you could go to, I remember going to like, uh, um, what you call it, Big Lots, and they were closing out like Kiss coffee cups. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we make, at least we make coffee cups, air fresheners. We like to call ourselves the Kiss of Back the then, Back sure, then yeah. they, they signed a contract and they had... I swear they made like a hundred million dollars. Oh yeah, I'm sure those guys in one year. Yep, selling they, merchandise. Yep. This is like seventy seven, seventy eight when they were a lot right of money. At, the, at the at the top of their game. Yeah, all right. And so a lot of people don't know that at one point, you know, they were underground, but then they got to be the biggest band in the world. A yeah. lot of people don't really they're like you two, you two were big. That's right. how big this right. was. Right, I know, yeah, it's true. All right, so this record is kind of the one they got like you said, they got uh, Bob well, yeah, this was the one who had uh, right. All right, so let's uh, let's just start. Let's get into the record. This record opens up with a bang because uh, who could who could forget like getting this record yeah, and starting right, it man. out with the first song. It's so, got that. Uh, it's got that. Uh, it's got this th- uh, um, sound intro where this guy is getting up and he's listening to the radio and he's getting in his car yeah. and the car starts up. All right, let's listen to a little bit of Detroit Rock City. We know the uh, we know the story. 
What a great opening, though. Yeah. What a, what a great opening. And uh, well, it kind of confused people. They were like, "What's going on? How come the music's not on?" It, it was a true, strong true. intro. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, well, this was Bob Ezrin, definitely his his. Well, right, that because brought, the, right? The, there's demos of Detroit Rock City, which have nothing to do. The lyrics have nothing to do with uh, being a car crash or dying or anything. It's just a song about partying in Detroit, and it's it's great. It's really cool. But you can see where Bob Ezrin. Is like the and maybe he's sitting there around with the band. We need to we need to come up with a story for this song so that you know yeah, it's some got drama. something other than just like oh party in Detroit and yeah everybody can you know knows what that's like. But you put this dark sinister undertone of this kid who goes out in his sports car yeah. and runs into the side of a garbage <laughs> truck. You know, I feel uptight on a Saturday night. Well, that stems from a true story. Really? It no, is that true though? I read the, there's there's Lord people Kiss fans say, oh, that's based. Is it really based on a true story? Some kid in, on his way to a Kiss show got in a car accident All right, in some, Charlotte, some North Carolina. Some kid in middle school told you this, but how do you know it's true? <laughs> Welcome it's true. to Life with Rob Elba. <laughs> the internet told me so. I'm is it really kidding. true? <laughs> I know because I just I assumed that was just like a bullshit. Because I remember hearing that. Same story. Oh, it's this this happened story. before before the the recording. I mean, just a must, story. Well, I'm sure in in rock and roll history, there's yeah, been plenty I mean, of kids yeah. that have died yeah. in cars there's, going to jail. And that's some the idea. The whole beginning is just the guy, you yeah. know, turns up the radio. I mean, but and, it just and now, it, who is that talking on the radio? Who is that? That's, that's probably uh, no, it's Gene Simmons. That's Gene Simmons does that voice on the radio. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I didn't I don't know, know that. No, it is. It doesn't sound like him. It is Gene. Well, it is. All right. I read that on the internet, and it's true. Okay. Okay. So. <laughs> yeah, and then the song kicks off. Yes. Kicks. And it's a great riff. Um, it's a, you know. It's got some. It's got a couple of great riffs. It's, it's in. Got that. It's in the dark key of C sharp. So if you want to write a song that sounds dark, C sharp, F sharp, those are dark keys. So it's in C sharp. And uh, who produced it was Bob Ezrin, who worked with Alice Cooper and uh, Billion Dollar Baby. So that's, oh, you that's, could definitely hear. There's some stuff on this record that you could. That's hear. what turned. Oh, that's God, what that's, turned Kiss onto. Okay, they, so they let's um, let's broach a, a sensitive subject about the album Destroyer. The fact that Destroyer is not played only by the members of Kiss. That there are people who play on the record who were not credited. Is that? Yeah, it? there's some ghost people. I think Ace had an important card game to go to. <laughs> Dick Wagner. Well, I mean, but at this very point, important. Dick Wagner. Okay, Dick Wagner, which card played a game. lot. He played with uh, Alice Cooper. He played yeah, with Lou right. Reed. All right, Dick Wagner played uncredited on Beth and Sweet Pain and uh, Flaming Youth. They say most likely Flaming Youth. But uh, but that's it. As far as I could look, really? like, even an interview with Dick Wagner, and he okay. said that's so what he Hunter didn't on. play. Wasn't Hunter Wagner both so of them? So now you're gonna tell everybody that Ringo Starr didn't play in a lot yeah, of songs. Yeah, we already know that. But <laughs> no, and, he also yeah, had and, that and, same and, card game. And Juan's to go right to. because supposedly they hadn't played because Ace like wasn't showing up for some of the sessions. Yeah. The, thing, mm-hmm. the thing is, Bob Ezrin, the, the the famed producer, he brought in a whole tray of cocaine. And tray. back then, Ace was just, you know, he was a young kid. These guys were in their 20s. He was just pounding beer after beer. And he never touched As you coke do before. when you're in your 20s. Yeah, yeah, and then he never touched Coke. But then oh. the minute Bob Ezrin gave it to him, that's when pretty much the beginning gonna, of the end. We're going to throw yeah. Bob Ezrin under friends, the bus. <laughs> we have some friends with the same You don't thing think Ace Fraley had exposure to cocaine before this? I don't think he did it. Oh, okay. He didn't he do it. He may, Juan knows, believe me, Juan probably knows more about Ace Fraley than just about anyone. Should we so. take an informal oh, poll okay. in the audience about who? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so it goes It goes from, from that uh, from that song, which is a great, you got to say, that is, is a great it's song. It is. It's an awesome song. I think, I think what's cool about it is that Bob Ezrin, 
he contributed contributed um, the solo. And and Gene's like, what is this bolero? What is this Mexican horn? Oh, was that like his idea to do that? No, 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 no. He helped them with harmonies in the beginning. Did. They didn't know how to play. I right. mean, they they, they yeah. knew how to play like a rock yeah. band or a punk band, but he he talked to them and they didn't really. He saw that they didn't really comprehend what he was talking about musically. Right, musically. So then he like put he the, the session on break. He got a blackboard and then he just wrote everything and he had like a like a stick like a nun or something like that and he kind of like hit him if they got the wrong notes or whatever. I feel like he probably could have helped. Ace, you. finish up that eight ball and come over here to the board. We're <laughs> yeah. gonna explain some. Uh... I feel like he probably should have helped Peter Chris more. Yeah, he did. He did. He did. I don't know. Does anyone That's, else? Yeah. Ace ended he had up being some, a great player. He had some talks with a great bass, but Peter Chris, I don't know. Am I wrong? He's not that good a drummer, right? <laughs> He's got his moments. He's Does good. He? Okay. He's yeah. good. He well, was we, all have our, we all have our moments. All right, let's listen to song from... number two. Let's listen to a little of King of the Nighttime World. It is good, yeah. Yeah, I guess, you know, at first, when, well, obviously back in the day, this song was all, I thought this song was awesome, but then when I was revisiting it, I'm going, ah, well, it's pretty well worn tracks for Kiss, this particular lyrical theme of some night figure. In fact, it appears again in Destroyer. Right, right, right. So, uh, this sort of, that's sort of their stock and trade um, character for a song is. You know, a mysterious dude who has some connection to the underworld. Which was another Bob Esrin thing, because before, if you listen to the prior records, they're pretty much sexed up. Right. Mainly, 90% of what Kiss sings about is... Um, Teenage girls, rocking out, partying, rocking, and girls, and and just and having sex, and having sex with yeah. girls, which is why teenage boys love it because that's all right. Teenage or boys we are at the time about. we were just like oh, this, you know, this must be true. <laughs> this is like documentary <laughs> stuff. And he and he went to to a Kiss concert and it was Brodio. It was all just guys. A Brodio. Yes. But Bob Esrin, he talked to the guys and he told them, look, you know. We need to appeal girls to the to the band, a different audience. Right, right. That's why he he, he changed the lyrics. He's he, okay. he influenced them to change uh, the lyrics, softened them okay. up a little, and just well, not softened not softened them up, but kind of like talk about like rebellion, more oh, okay, rebellion, okay. more like. I should know, also add the feeling of free, uh, uh, being free. Well, this song was co-written by Kim. Pauly, who was the crazy the manager for the Runaways, right, yes. yeah, which he co-wrote. We're not even going to talk about him. Oh, he's a, he's a bad man. man. Yeah, but you crazy. can see, you can see his little stamp on something like this too, yeah. right? But this was 
one of his older songs. He played this with another band, so it's not a Kiss song. They they never really announced it. Oh, really? That. Okay, okay. Ah, Kiss okay. kind of kept a lot of things, like you know, like the Ghost Players and right. a lot of stuff. They, they kept, kept it under, they kept yeah, it because they didn't yeah. want anything to interfere with the mystique. Well, because that would have right. been at the time in the seventies. That kind of thing would have been considered, you know, like uh, uh, a deal breaker. Yeah. Like that you weren't really oh, playing uncool, on your record. Yeah, uncool. That's bullshit. Now, you know, it's like yeah. nobody really, it doesn't really <laughs> matter. But back then it was like, you know, you have to perform it. And um, so. Okay. Let's go into the next song, the third song. This song is, I, I remember seeing, now, did, did you, you, you didn't see Kiss. Like when was the first time you saw Kiss? Like. Unfortunately, my mom didn't let me go see them when they played Hollywood Sportatorium. I know you went. The Snortatorium. Yeah, and and Stephen Gibb went. Uh, uh, Barry Gibbs. Oh, did he? Okay. And he asked. Went. He showed me pictures of him hanging out with Kiss. Oh, how did he? Oh, because he's because Kiss. that's why. <laughs> he could hang out with Kiss. And I was like, I was like, this lucky yeah. mother. That wasn't yeah, alive. Yeah. I think that was like alive two had come out. That was that tour. Right. No, this was uh, this was this was already Dynasty. Their disco. Oh, like, was it Dynasty? Because yeah. I feel like I saw them before that. Because remember they had the. Commercial? They could afford a commercial on this TV. This is the portion where I play the the uh, Bossa Nova music up underneath with this song. <laughs> yeah. So we're supposed to be listening to. Let's listen to God of Thunder. There we go. Simmons throws down the gauntlet, a very, very classic sort of Gene Simmons vocal. And yeah. But originally, this was what, Juan? Well, the funny thing is that Bob Ezrin, during the production, he's like, you guys need to write a song about your personas. Okay, it's pretty much, right. it's just like, obviously, they, they all looked awesome and everything. It's like, you know, he's like, you need to write some, something that, you know, re, re, you know, for your persona. Right. And then uh, Paul Stanley came in with the song. It was his song, right? Uh-huh. But it, it was, was all faster. like, it was all a beat. You know, we're probably going to cover it later on. <laughs> it's all a beat and sassy, and it's like, he's sassy. like, God of Thunder. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, oh. and rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> so it didn't, didn't have exactly the, the tone that you were looking for yeah, in a the, song called God of Thunder. The demos leaked, and it was like, what? Yeah. Thank God Gene sang this. So uh, yeah, took it and perfect. gave it to Gene. Yeah. He gave and, it to Gene. He slowed it down. And he did add a lot of this song, especially. He added a lot of cool sound about it. He, There's a kids. bunch of little kids, sons. right. Yeah. And Barry, yeah. I know. Okay, Bob Ezrin there's produced a famous album that's not on the cheese chart called Berlin by Lou Reed. Right. And there's a song called The Kids. That his, where it's his children. Around, yeah. And the story was always the kids are crying in the song. And the story that went around, it's one of those classic rock and roll bullshit stories, was that they had told the kids that the mom had been killed. <laughs> 
Oh this was the, like God. it's like the Rod Stewart story with the hamster and all that shit. It was bullshit. They asked Bob Everton, said, "Oh no, they wanted to leave, and we told them that we, we had to wait a little while to go home." That's and they started weird. crying, and they were like, so they just recorded that. It's not that they they told they told them no, uh, they did that, that uh, no. Lou Reed is now their dad. Or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it would have they would have been screaming. Yeah, right. <laughs> Um, all right, so this is... Uh, wait, wait, we didn't finish about God of Thunder. No, we're talking about it right now. That's what I said. Da- right. Daughter of Aphrodite. This, well, I mean, the, it, the, I, I just heard your, your pulp, um, uh, Common People. Yeah. Pulp Fiction, right. That which song was brilliant. And it was yeah. like a whole recital of like this poetry from a brilliant yes. band. Yes. Yeah. Well, the lyrics... So this album are not like that. No, no. not so much. I'm glad, you, I'm glad you said that. I was wondering what you were gonna say. This, the, a lot of the Jarvis Cocker sound do like not equal Paul Stanley. Fourteen-year-old kid who's really into like Dungeons and Dragons, but yeah. he's just getting into girls. Yeah. That he wrote them. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. He's like, I'm gonna demolish my school. I mean, I know it's bad to say it nowadays. But yes, he's like, I'm going to demolish the bad kids in my school. Right, right. Sure, yeah. I command you to kneal before right, the, the God, God of Thunder. thunder. So and I'm going to get the cheerleader, finally, <laughs> yeah, with no. the song. Yeah. As I recall, the, but, uh, but the, crazy the thing Kiss is, poster and getting the cheerleader also, there was not an intersection point there. there was, and and another jump from their old records to this is uh, he, Bob Ezrin added piano to the chord. That's right. You oh, can right, hear it up right, underneath yeah, there, right. yeah. It's, it's, it's so... The record is not... Frankly, it's not that it's not a super heavy album. It's no. a sort of a hard rock record. It's not a metal record. Cinematic. Really. Yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of reverb on it. It's very, um, it's very, it's got a sort of a pop production aesthetic, right. and instead of a you know what you would think of as a metal aesthetic or yeah. something like that. Okay. Well, speaking of production and yeah, pop production, yeah, yeah. we get to the next song. Can we oh, just, no, can we just skip? This. Can we just skip oh, over this? No, we have to listen to Great Expectations. And you stand and clutch your breast is the most uncomfortable thing. It's no, this, I think the line about the mouth is more uncomfortable. Oh, if this was the 70s, I would bring out the gong. <laughs> <laughs> this, song is te- this, this song is terrible, and I had totally forgotten about it until I started listening to the record, and I was like, holy crap, this is awful. Well, they were clearly trying to make an epic, and they have like a choir in there, and the choir, what does it sound like? It sounds like he was trying to do like uh, the Stones, like you, you can't always get what you want. Yeah. Like he was trying right. to make it, except yeah. the only thing is that it's just, yeah, just a horrible no, right. song. This is right. where they lost yeah. a big portion of their fans. They did. That song song four. Uh, yeah. Because like, Kiss fans were used to like 
hard rock you know, yeah, in your yeah, face. Yeah. You can drive Drums. around. And you can put it on a cassette in your car, your 8-track, drive around, and you can listen to it start to finish without feeling like, oh, yeah. It's, it's kind of like when Metallica wrote one or released a video. It was kind of like, what? These guys said that they would never do that. Right. But maybe they, they, they got new fans, though, from being like this. Not too. from this song. I think, I think, I think Beth is what brought the <laughs> oh, fans. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, yeah we're because, not up to yeah, that yet, right. but yeah, yeah, definitely that. But, but, um, but this song, I mean, it starts off with, uh, do you hear the, the classical? What is it? Pop? Oh, yeah, that's right. It, 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 they, he actually lifted a, a little bit of oh, Bach, the melody, right? yeah. Yeah, the melody of Bach. And then it's just <laughs> Poor like... Bach is rolling in his Skeleton grave. rattling in its coffin <laughs> yeah, somewhere. I mean, but I, I, I learned to, live, to love the song. Ooh. To live the song. Chris, did you ever hear any of this stuff? Like, did you ever hear this album? Um, yeah, I mean, bits and pieces of their whole collection, I guess. Like, you have? Uh, I mean, that was terrible. <laughs> yeah. You know, but that's the, kind, that's the kind of stuff that I think... Uh, maybe Chris is going to go, that was... No, I don't know, I no, like no, that. I mean, you know... It's but, but what was the, really the catch in the song is that he spoke to the to the girl in the audience. Yeah, I mean, the lyrics you know, He's, really like, bad. pointing at her. He's, like, I'm playing this guitar for you. Right. Yeah. You've got to play hey, right. you know. And he has so, no expectation of any sort of reimbursement. Maybe, for that maybe attention. you can meet me. That's, that's well, I'm, I'm sure it yeah, works. That's so. That's yeah, of course the, it did. And, it you know, probably did. All you have to do is, um, if you go and just look. Okay, I'll, I'm gonna shill a little bit for Kiss here for a live show. Go and look at. There's a video from um, Largo, Florida, 1977, live Kiss show. They're actually playing great, but after a couple of songs, Paul gets up to the mic. And he starts one of his spiels, and you're like, "Oh my God, this is like, ready? <laughs> this is like if like Beavis and Butthead if they had a stupid brother that the, him give him a microphone. It's like well, the reason you don't give Rob Badowski a microphone is the same reason oh. Paul Stanley you'll give Paul Stanley a microphone. There's a YouTube video of like uh, 20 minutes of him just saying, saying oh, yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. all his stage battles, like, yeah, five seconds at a time, and, yeah. <laughs> and, and they've like, actually really gotten fun. worse. Like I'm gonna go see them. Yeah, Worse, yeah, with the, uh, well, he's probably my, running out of shit to say. <laughs> my, Sorry, my dentures fell out. <laughs> my my girlfriend's gra- uh, mother gave, gave us kiss tickets to go see them on the final tour. I was yes. kind of like hesitating, yeah. and she gave us tickets, and I didn't know how. I, I, you know, I, I didn't know what to say. I'm like, should I tell her that? They suck now. You know what? You know, you know what? I know, I know what to say. You stand in the parking lot and you say, Tickets! Ticket! Anybody need no, a ticket? You're going to go, ticket, right? Ticket. I'll go. Of course, of course I go. go. I mean, I've seen them at their worst, so it yes. can't be that. That, that much. The, show, oh, the show's okay. still probably good, right? I mean, I would imagine it's still like a good stage show. Right? It's a probably, yeah. We saw. Well, I, I think I think I should have chosen the songs. I, I think I should have I should have <laughs> okay. been like. Oh, you should have been there. All right, move, let's just that. get on from let's great expectations. Flip the record over now. When I, me and Barry had the actual record. Oh uh, yeah, then now over. right. This is now a great this, song. This is a great song, and this is a Alice Cooper Billion Dollar Baby song. It is. This could fit in there it right is. here. It's let's hear a little bit of Flaming You. Great lyrics. Well, the lyrics. All right. Okay. No, it's okay. No, 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 wait, 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 wait. Within the pantheon of Kiss lyrics, it's got it's it's uplifting. It's like you know, it's like oh, you you kind of 
It's kind of a um, anthemic. Oh, very. Yeah. This song could fit on uh, on uh, Alice Cooper. It's record, it's about it's about the sure. kid who lives in the middle of nowhere. Right. Okay. And his parents dog him because he's okay. not getting good grades. Yeah. Right. Right. That's right. And he needs to get out. He needs to burst out. That's right. Yeah, he's okay. Set the world on fire. Right. And um, you know. Uh, as with a lot of Kiss lyrics, it's pretty brief. <laughs> they re- there's some repeats. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's not, yeah, there's not there's like much going on. There's a couple of stanzas. It and is then, a really good song. And there's a weird little, like piano, like piano in there that sounds like a like a like a church organ or or. Oh yeah, right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. Ezra, right. and that's Ezra's imp- all that stuff like that is Ezra's yes. influence, right? Yeah, yeah the influence yeah. on the band. But I I agree. I think you're right. They were just really a meat and potatoes rock band before this, but then they. Definitely after this, they got more adventurous and took more chances. It didn't always work, obviously. It wasn't always successful, but definitely, uh, you know, broadened the... Uh, Flaming kiss, Youth uh, will set the yeah. world on fire. And, of course, the A solos yep, are right. all brilliant. Yep. yep. Yeah. Okay, all right, but this one, Flaming Youth, uh, the other guy, he said he played a lot of the guitar on this one. Um, Ace, Ace wow, was wow, sleeping, wow. He was sleeping under the console. Yeah, Dick yeah. Wagner. So, which makes sense because Dick Wagner played with uh, Alice Cooper. Alice Cooper, Stephanie, Lou Reed. So. Yeah, he was one of Bob Edron's like, Here's, players. Right, so, the next song is another song that uh, Dick Wagner did the solo on. And this, I do not, I'm not a fan of this song. This is the Gene Simmons song. Let's hear a little bit of Sweet Pain. Gene Simmons and uh, sort of misog- leather- misogynistic uh, S&M. And, My leathers know. fit tight around me. Gene Simmons is really into wearing leather, like talking about wearing leather things. He, right? he grew up kind of like a nerd, and he finally got his break. Uh-huh. That's what it was. So he's like, you know, some people do drugs. Yeah, he really he's, likes he's wearing all leather about, and talking you know, about it. Being able to have a girl look at him, stare at him, ah, yeah, okay. or pay attention to him. He's all about attention. So uh, I think you're right. I think some of this, I think when he sings about this, I think that's kind of uh, bullshit in a way. I bet he, I don't think he's really into uh, sadomasochism and all that. I think he just likes singing about it. I bet he's more of like sort of a, you know. Milk and uh, like meat potatoes <laughs> yeah, kind of, yeah. Like, I just have that feeling. He goes to his mom's house every night for dinner. Right, uh, exactly, exactly. So I think he just likes the person. Don't stretch those and those, don't put those two analogies together. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know, but you and you know what's weird when they did the re-release of a Destroyer when they re- remastered it, they put the version that had the original Ace Frehley solo, and I like it better. I oh, actually yeah? like the Ace Frehley okay. version. It's so weird because you're so used to hearing the the one on the on the record, record. yeah. Right. And whenever you change something, when you a, change something, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it is cool. It is cool. cool. And I like, the thing about Ace, what I always loved is he would do these cool sort of melodic, he, he wasn't so much a shredder, though he could shred a little, but he was more about just getting these. He's really sort of Chuck cool Berry little, style, you know. Totally. Guitar. Yes, yes, a lot of he that. He loved yeah. the Stones. Double stops. He and did. Yeah, oh, right. Yeah, of course. Um, all right, so let's get into the next song I, that I really like, and I know I know Barry, you also said this is like probably Shout one, of out. Favorite, oh, yeah. one of my, one fa- of my yeah. favorite Kiss songs. Let's yeah. hear a little bit of Shout It Out Loud. 
a great it's song. It's a great song. It, yeah. It's almost like Motown, like a, like a Motown song or something. Yeah, well, it's got the anthem thing again, which is, it's got the same sort of, which, uh, um, you know, that's when they're at their best is when they're not talking, self-aggrandizing about their various proclivities. It's when they're, you know, singing some a sort party of... Anthem, just a party par- anthem, but good, but a really but a good, good party one. anthem, right. Yeah. I want to rock and roll all night. Okay. Yeah. I'm into that, you know. Oh, <laughs> oh you got some... Le- every day, too? Your, your leather <laughs> pants and your whips. I don't give a shit. Yeah, that's kind of my right? experience with Kisses, like the anthem part of it, which is like, that's, to me... What kisses and you know I never exactly. got super deep into it, so that's the enjoyable part to me is the bingo, yeah. oh, a good anthem. So you like just listening to show. that? You said, oh, okay, I can. Well, I mean, that's I what I hang with. Well, that, that's right? what I know about kisses. Those kind of songs. Exactly. You know, yes. Exactly. The catchy, yeah. big. You know. And this is a big live song one, right? Like they played it for years. They would always they, they this song once they got it in their set. They well, the cool thing it. is that they they the corresponds. Vocals, yes, which they didn't do a lot of. I, I always thought when I heard it, I thought they would do more of it, but it, that really works good when they both sing. They, they had little elements of it in the, in the early records, but now this is like everybody gets a chance. Yeah, which and is I think good. I, I like think that. they've uh, every mem- member sang on this song. On, on tour, right? Oh, Later okay. On the cool. Tour. So That's cool. Peter Chris had his chance. Ace really had his chance. And Ace and some people feel that Peter Chris had the best voice. And I, I think he actually. I think so he, he had did, the yeah. most like unique, uh, raspy. Yeah, just a cool. Cutting. He had a cool voice. Very and, Rod Stewart too. Yes, definitely. All right. Now speaking of Peter Chris, now we get to the song that just. Well, ladies like, and gentlemen. This song. All right. I will say this song here. I won this song, this single, because originally Beth was just the B side to um, Detroit Rock City. Right. And then when it started, the radio station started playing Beth. Oh, people want to hear that. Yeah. Then they made Beth a single, and yeah. I won that, and I went to WSHE and got the Beth single. There you go. And I listened to the fuck out of this song, and this song is so like like. Not rock and roll, but uh, let's not. hear a little bit of Beth. Beth, I hear you calling, but I can't come home right now. Me and the boys are playing, and we just can't find the sound. Just a few more hours, and I'll be right home to you. I think I. Bring out the roses. Now, what yeah. did you think of this song? Like, when you, like, want, do you remember? I mean, like, I, I think I just, I was just excited that I had a record in my hand. Oh, okay. and, and I was looking at the album cover, and <laughs> oh, I was okay. like, man, this is awesome. But, and Beth, you know, I gave it a chance. Uh, I gave it a chance. Beth, my mom, my mom known, liked yeah. it, so it kind of connected Okay, us. now, the story of this song is actually really good. Do you know, you must know the real story of it, that this was actually, Peter Chris brought this from his other band. But it wasn't anywhere... It Chuck, didn't sound anything. It like didn't this. sound. No, Bob Ezrin took added the strings, and no one else yeah. in Kiss even played on this. And Beth was Bob his uh, pet turtle. But no, Chelsea. This, he was in a band. <laughs> no, Barry, this is good. You don't know this. He was uh, in a band no. called Chelsea. Yeah, right, okay. The lyrics were. Li- Peter Chris is older, by the way. Yeah. This is what you learned. The lyrics were originally he was in about, the Beatles. Um, <laughs> a a member of Chelsea, Mike Brand. He had a he had a uh, his wife's name was. Becky, so they called her Beck. So originally it was Beck. 
And she was always calling and interrupting the practices. And basically, the other guy, Stan uh, Penridge in the band, he wrote the lyrics, basically just took their conversations. Uh-huh. And that was the lyric. And it was more of like supposed to be a, a joke song <laughs> about like, oh God, this girl, she keeps calling, uh, yeah. directed them. But then, um, and, and Paul Stanley, which is kind of a dick move, he always, it, he said later on that he questioned whether Peter Chris even had anything to do with writing the song. Like, uh-huh. like mainly it was... The you know, he's... Well, did, the other, did the other people get any royalties from it? Oh, yeah, yeah, they did. Oh, okay, yeah, right, Stan okay. Penridge. But the thing wrote, is, this, okay. this raised... Uh, Peter Chris's ego to maximum or over. Okay, okay. Oh yeah, because they won like a People's Choice Award, and they used to when they do it, they would yeah. just play the tracks of it, and he would go out to the front and sing it. It was like yeah, the and concert. every every female in that in the audience brought out a rose just to give to him. <laughs> oh really? During yeah. that song. I would imagine the original lyrics had something to do with stop at the convenience store and get me a pack of smokes, and also pay the electric bill on your way home. Well, interesting you say they that. They turned off the electricity to the trailer. Does anyone remember, there was a commercial, a Volkswagen commercial in 2015 that used the Beth song, and it was a guy, he was going with his boys, he was taking them, his wife was calling him, and, his, and he was taking his kids, like, and ignoring his wife's call. And then at the end of it, uh, wow. he... Uh, he um, story. He yeah. Text Beth. Uh, he texts her, "What can I do?" And she replies, uh, "Pick up milk." Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's It's actually a good commercial. You can look it up. But man, yeah, this 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 was a hard blow to Kiss fans. Like this definitely brought the female audience in. Yeah. And the pop. So a whole new generation. True. But, true. But the whole the whole core of their fans. Started trickling. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. exactly. But yes, then they, they heard this next song by Paul Stanley, and this is another Kim Fowley co-write too. Okay. And this is definitely pure kiss. Let's listen to a little of Do You Love Me. Imagine the Runaways singing this song, and you can, and it also makes sense. Oh, okay. Because Kim Fowley and the Runaways, bingo. That I was thinking, I can hear Joan Jett singing that. Oh yeah, yeah. she would kill it. Yeah, exactly. She would kill it. Yep. And she wouldn't even, she wouldn't have to change the rose or anything. Nothing. Uh, no, anything. it would be exactly, um, exactly that. A killer, a killer drum, uh, Peter Groove. This yep. is a That's good, a good one. Yeah, it is good. Okay, props to Peter. Yeah, That's who played it. drums on it? <laughs> yeah, I wonder who played the drums. <laughs> have, they, have you guys heard the Nirvana version of this song? They, no. totally, they totally mock it. Oh, of really? course, yeah. And then uh, there's a part where they mention Mud Honey in it. Oh, nice. Oh, no, I haven't. Cool. All right, we're going to have to. Because Mud Honey is a little more rock. It's definitely a little more on the okay. rock and roll than Nirvana. So this yeah. is basically, this is Paul. Uh, Paul needs to know if the girl really loves him for him or because he's a rich rock star. And obviously she loves him because he's a rich rock, rock star. star. <laughs> yeah, right. Because have you noticed that we haven't read out a lot of the lyrics for I this know, episode? Because you know. sometimes we'll read out like, you know, common people, I think we read the whole thing. Last week, didn't we? Yeah, it was brilliant. I heard, I heard it today, and I'm that like, song will get stuck in your head, and it stays there. But the but the cool thing about it is some of the musical movements. Like for oh, instance, yeah. the best part of the songs towards the end 
when the bells come in. Oh, yeah, and yeah, he's you're repeating right. the, the, the pleading part. Right. Yeah. Which you got to figure is a Bob Ezrin right uh, oh, of course. thing that he put in. All the sweetening and all right that, you know, he's, really good. You know, he's, uh, it is really he knows good. how to make hits. That's He's a hit maker. He he's is. the guy. And this is a good, yeah, this is a good song. And it's really, it's sort of the album closer. And then there was a hidden track, which now they, they gave it a name. They call it Rock and Roll Party. But originally on the original record, Barry, you remember it was just like on a yeah, run just, out. Yeah, it was on you're the, and you're like, sudden, okay. But do you recognize what's in the background of it? It's great expectations. It's, like, it's the devil. I just. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. That's what your mom told you when she took the record yeah, away okay, from you. Right. No, it's actually uh, it's actually from a Kiss Alive. And, it's from the uh, previous record. And it's yeah. Paul Stanley yelling, "Are we gonna have a rock and roll party tonight?" Yeah, <laughs> that's from that's from it. You recognize it, but but it's but it's in some surreal dream that kind of like yeah yes that, that's definitely part of the record. It is, it is, and it, yeah, the whole definitely. dream state of the record. That's what that that's that's why I loved it because I've always loved the more experimental side of bands. Right, right, right. You know, like the weird song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The transitional know. album. It kind of like you know, like an example is like Ozzy Osbourne. I'm so tired. Oh, yeah. the his Beatles cover. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, like it's like okay. so out of the norm for the bands. Yeah, but Ozzy's a huge Beatles fan. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Um, all right, so that's the record, and we uh, we're gonna do something we've never done on that record. Never. Got me high. We're gonna play some songs live with Juan. We're gonna do so. We're gonna take like a little quick break. And we're um, gonna put on our outfits. You guys and... ready? <laughs> <laughs> you guys ready to party? You guys drinking? Right. So let me ask you. Obviously, we have the hardcore Kiss fans, but uh, Bobby Joe's here, by the way. Yes. Bobby Joe, hello. She's not even listening. She's, she's in this deep conversation. She's, yeah. Did she's anyone, having a better conversation there, probably than we. By are. the way, is there anyone here who's not a Kiss fan? Like who just came? Or do we all have Kiss? Adele. Fans I'm gonna say oh, Bridget. Uh, Bridget. Right. Okay, Bridget's not a Kiss. Did fan. this make you like Kiss anymore? Probably not. Yeah, she she would. Okay. Okay. I'm glad. Thank God we don't have a mic out there. <laughs> All right. Can so, I can I say something quick? Could I? Could yeah, I, go for it. Sure. Can I, I thank you guys for inviting me? Oh, yeah. making making yeah. my pleasure, man. This is probably the funnest night I've had in Miami. We got to meet your incredible. Wow, your incredibly we are in Miami. We're in Fort Lauderdale, but it's okay. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, since I moved back to Miami. Oh, it's, okay. uh, yeah, right. Well, yeah, good, yeah. awesome. But I'll I'll, like, I'll take the greater give, Miami area. Give me like thirty seconds over here. Do I mean, it. It's do just it. like it's cool that you guys invited me and and. You know, a lot of people dog the band, but it's something that I grew up with, something that made me feel good, something that helped me meet people. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, of course. I admire that. Oh, yeah. I, I it's totally not for everybody. You know, people me and dog my friends, them. man. You, you, and of course, you could dog anybody. Kiss. You could dog Elton John. You could dog, right. uh, you know, yeah. you could, people dog the Beatles. I'm like, really? You're going to dog the Beatles? That's true. Yeah, true. true. Those guys. Yeah. Those guys are, you know, brilliant. Yeah. Right. All right. Well, let's see if you all, uh, all this good, uh, this good vibes carry on when we actually play some songs here. Now. <laughs> but we're gonna take a little break. We're gonna go right back. We're gonna play some. I want to thank you, America. Yeah. Thank you, America. <laughs> all right. We'll be back in a minute. All right. is proud to be sponsored by Is This Tomorrow. Is This Tomorrow is a weekly webcomic cataloging the absurdities taking place at the Zorro News Channel and produced by Woody Compton and Kelly Shane. Is This Tomorrow is available at isthistomorrow.com. That's isthistomorrow.com. 
That record got me high. And Is This Tomorrow? Present Kiss in an interview from 1977. The Japan tour that's coming up. $120,000. You told me these guys were cut-ups. Now I believe it. 120,000 fans will probably be waiting for you and undoubtedly will see you when you're in Japan. I'm, I'm How do you react not, to that? Not only myself, but the whole group is really excited about going to Japan. From what I understand, it's going to be like the Beatles coming to America. They expect between five and 10,000 kids at the airport. Well, gentlemen, and I do mean that sincerely, you are unassuming, <coughs> unpretentious, and very, very nice people. And uh, I hope in one small way I have conveyed to the public uh, the members and the men of KISS that I have gotten to meet. And if you cut me up one more time, I'm going to walk out the window. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Regarding Peter's song, Beth, I found out when having dinner with the guys later in the evening, Beth still remains in the imagination. Kiss in the music industry is said to be sharing the popularity the Beatles enjoyed in 1964 on their first U.S. tour. Will they continue to grow and mature the likes we have seen with the Beatles? Time will tell. I know this. Three sold-out concerts in Detroit. Approximately 34,000 fans. Don't come easy. Next guest tonight at Kobo, sharing the bill with them will be Uriah Heep.
Now Barry's gonna tell you about a little someone <laughs> <laughs> that we like to call the God of Thunder. One, two, three, four. Thank you everyone for coming. Give it up for one.